Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for March 4th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21. Everything sports betting. Everything basically right there. You can also find me on Instagram. All my sports betting stuff at ETOF21 Sports underscore sport. Under, on ETOF21 Sports underscore for free horse rating scene picks at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing for free fantasy football advice at etof21sports underscore fantasy and for my five things about yesterday at etof21sports underscore sporting underscore news how is everyone doing today can we believe it's march can we believe march madness is here oh my god anytime this time of year happens i'm flashing back to it was two years ago i'm like working out and for those who don't know like i had all this stuff planned like it was the Wednesday, the biggies to just, maybe it was Thursday. I, I'm spacing exactly on the day. And Saturday, I was supposed to leave to go out to Las Vegas. Um, and I was going to go to the Mountain West Championship game. That was the plan. I was going to go to the Mountain West Championship game. Me, a couple friends, we had some tickets. We are going to check out some Pac-12 basketball, too. And I had just agreed to buy a house for that Friday. So, I like, stuff was going great. Okay, so this this was coming up. This, I was going to sign the papers, do everything on Friday, and then I was going to fly out to Vegas, uh, I believe it was Friday night, and we're going to go to the games on Saturday. So Wednesday, basketball games, NBA started getting canceled. And then Thursday, the NCAA canceled and everything else canceled. And, you know, I... <laughs> backed out of my house I stayed in the house I was originally in which turned out to be a blessing in disguise but yeah I am so fucking pumped that March is back last year's March was a little funky you know it was in these little bubbles you really didn't get the true atmosphere so I am so fucking pumped for March Madness me and my boy Nick we actually are going up to a game on March which is going to be great we're going to go to the first rounds Really looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to be all over the place on my podcast, going on Gino's podcast, um, doing the cotton nets. God, I think we have cotton nets like pretty much every day next week where I'm just going to be giving out some basketball plays. Granted, the conference tournaments today didn't really get out to how I wanted to start them out. We had NC A&T plus seven and a half against Longwood, and somehow we lost that bet. Uh, they're up and they're up less than a minute to go. Missed three out of four three throws to end the game and scored two points in overtime. I don't even understand how that is fucking physically possible. But that's what happens when you bet on these low level teams. Um, some stuff about college basketball you need to remember. I see a lot of people referencing Ken Palm. Now, the thing about Ken Palm is it doesn't take into account injuries. So if you're going to be talking to me about Ken Palm, that's an outdated product. You need to be using shot quality. So that's one thing. And then also, guys, if you win a bet, you win a bet. I really don't. You know, I'm, I'm proud you win a bet. But something we need to understand, I really don't think that people understand this, especially the people that bet little amounts and then pass themselves off on Twitter, Instagram, and every any other form of social media, media as a how a cap or a professional better a when you are like rubbing it in that you won <laughs> like oh i won this bet look at me look at me look at me 
I guarantee like there's few of there's few people that do what I do on Twitter and Instagram and give their stuff out for free. There's few people that do it. I do it. I don't always put myself out there in time to do it. Um, Gino really had to twist my arm for me to kind of come out and kind of reveal what I look like and everything. Um, because I kind of like lurking in the shadows because I do bet large, large subs. And I, unfortunately, I am limited on a lot of books. I have been cut off by books, by bookies or whatever. I do have runners and I'm a big boy better and I have never talked shit to somebody when we had a difference of an opinion or when they bet a game a different way as I do. I don't. That's a waste of time. I don't care because it's not me against you. It's us against the books. And if you want to be a good capper, that's something you just have to understand and comprehend. And if you don't do it, you never will be. So, like I mean, like I said, I'm here. I'm gonna be posting all my plays. The days I'm not on con nuts, I'll be on con nuts. The majority of the days, um, the majority of the days. I'm sorry, that is my alarm. Um, I have no idea why my alarm was set, but I will be on cutting nuts the majority of the days, giving out my plays, letting you guys know what I'm doing and how I am betting what I'm betting. Um, for NCAA. We had a great year last year. You know, hope hope to finish it off strong. Hope to hope to continue the positivity of this year. Uh, we have a great show today. One of the big things going on in the sports world is is what's Aaron Rodgers gonna do? Is Aaron Rodgers staying? Is he going? And I found a Packers fan. Uh, James at James Makes Picks on Twitter. He's gonna come on and him and I are going to talk about the Packers. We're going to talk about this offseason, where he thinks they're going, Rodgers staying, their needs, the whole nine yards. Great talk. James is a great follow. Great, I mean, insane, absolutely insane with his soccer picks. If you guys are looking to bet soccer and you're not following my man James, you just hate money then. After that, bully the line. Jason comes on. We're going to be diving into the UFC plays. He gives out five picks, five good picks for you guys to bet for UFC. And then lastly, Brandon, Boston Boy 83 is going to come on and him and I are going to talk some NASCAR and tell you what bets to lock in for Las Vegas. So as you know, deep down in my soul, I'm always going to be a football guy. I hate the Green Bay Packers because I'm a Lions fan. But you know what? One of the guys I've gotten to know over the last, last about, what, six months, you know, I follow his soccer picks on Twitter at James Makes Picks. James, how you doing today? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I love the talking Packers football. And even though the season just ended, you know, we hop right into it. The combines going on. So we're right into the next season. And, you know, I love talking uh, football. So yeah, anytime you want to have me on, thanks for having me on. And I'll, uh, I'll chat you up a little bit. Uh, dude, I appreciate it. You know, I need someone to talk Packers. I need to know if Rodgers is leaving, what's going on, because I see a little light at the end of the title, the tunnel with my lines, just a little bit. You know what I mean? Just a, just a little one. Right. And the, you know, the monkey in the room, you know, I know they have a lot of restructuring going on. What's Rogers going to do? Well, as a fan, you know, the, my fan heart, it just wants to automatically say that he's going to be, be sticking around. Uh, at first, I kind of was a little skeptical. I thought maybe he was going to, you know, end up somewhere else, uh, work a few trade deals through, but he has to go through the Packers to do that. I mean, he's under contract. He can't just go anywhere he wants, but 
like they talked last year and apparently they came to some agreement that he would be able to have a say in his future. So I was a little nervous at first, but with some of the news coming out, one being <clears throat> that they hired Tom Clements as a quarterback coach and he's one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite people, one of his favorite coaches. He coached him from, I think he was a quarterback's coach when Rodgers got drafted. He coached Brett Favre and then he moved on a little bit, but Rodgers was a big part in bringing him back. Uh, LaFleur confirmed that in one of his press conferences a couple of days ago. Why Why would they be getting his input and bringing in one of his favorite coaches if at least they didn't talk about him staying? I think the only other option if he doesn't play as a Packer is retirement. I don't think he's going to end up elsewhere, honestly. It's not just my fan heart. If I had to pick somewhere else he might end up, maybe Denver, just because Nathaniel Hackett went there. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, do you want to leave the NFC – and go over to the AFC to try to win your Super Bowl in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the quarterbacks there? I don't know. If I'm Rodgers, his best spot for a Super Bowl chance is still Green Bay. I don't think that's going to change. And I'm learning over the past few years that the salary cap is fake. I think they're just going to figure out what they got to do to work around their cap troubles right now. They bring Devontae back. I think they get Rodgers whatever he needs to keep him around, maybe a short-term one-year deal. And then they just revisit it every year. At the end of the year, they keep revisiting it. I'm fine with that, too. But if he really, truly wants to win a Super Bowl, I don't think going to the AFC is is the best option. And that's mainly the teams that are floating around, Broncos, Steelers, the AFC teams. I just don't see him giving up a pretty good situation, honestly, in Green Bay and going over there. So my two cents, I think he stays in Green Bay, but he might retire. I won't take that off the table. He's not the kind of guy that, like, he's not like Brady. He doesn't need football, you know. I think he has a lot of other stuff going on. I could see him maybe just retiring. But personally, I think with, with what LaFleur has been saying, Clements getting hired, all the talk about all the, you know, Devontae getting his well, – he's going to get tagged, I think. But he's yeah. still going to be there. Kenny Clark, big names like him are restructuring. I think Rodgers is back next year. So you kind of hit the nail on the head. Let's just play a game. Let's go through the a- AFC. Um, the West has the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, the Broncos. I yep. mean, you hit the nail on the head. Mahomes, Herbert, why would you want to go there? Um, Steelers need somebody. You got Bengals after their run. You have the Ravens, who everyone in their aunt on that team was hurt. And you have Cleveland, who has a good team that underperformed. Um, The only team in the AFC that kind of makes a little sense to me, but I don't know if they'd be able to pull it off, would be the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, I have been that, thinking about that a little bit, but that would be the only team. But I, you kind of hit in the head. I think the NFC is really weak. It's definitely the weaker conference of the two. And I mean, the Colts do have a pretty sacked roster. And if he's wanting to stay upright and not get sacked, they got that O line, they got a stout defense. But I just, like you said, it'd be hard for Indy to make that work, I think, because yeah. they don't have – I mean, you're not just – you have to trade for Rodgers. He's not a free agent. This isn't something where he's just going to be out there and you can call him up and, hey, we'll pay you a bunch of money come play here. I mean, you're going to have to give stuff up. And if, if I'm Green Bay, if I'm uh, the GM of the Packers, I mean, you have to way, way, way overpay to get Rodgers from me. Like, you're you're staying in Green Bay, dude. You're playing for me. I, I know we talked about you being able to go wherever, but – I don't know. I I just I'd be using that argument a lot. Like, all right, we'll we'll try to trade you, but you want to go to the AFC and have to fight through Mahomes and Herbert and all those quarterbacks over there. Even out of division, you're if you're Indy, you make the playoffs, then you're in the playoffs, and your first round opponent's going to be like Justin Herbert or someone even like Derek Carr and the Raiders. They look good. A a lot of the AFC teams look good from top to bottom, and the NFC is real top heavy. I think if he if he stays in the NFC, he only has a few 
a few scary demons to get through. Unfortunately, one of them is the freaking Niners. I'm so sick of losing to them in the playoffs. But yeah, I just I don't I think mean, he has better options elsewhere personally. But I mean, like, I think you're right. I think he stays in Green Bay just because. I mean, you look at it. The 49ers are going to be like Trey Lance is the guy now. God only knows what he's going to do because we only saw two games. There's a lot of variables there. Um, the NFC South, I can make an argument that the Falcons are our best team right now. Because, yeah. you know, you look at the North, you want to talk about a train wreck. You got Minnesota, who's like, you know, you don't, God only knows if they're changing from Cousins, whole new offense, a lot of holes on defense. Bears bringing in a whole, bringing in a coach who couldn't, come up with a defensive game plan to start stop the Jags in a must win. And my lions are like two years away and the East is a nightmare. So, I mean, it's to me, logically, if you want to win, you stay in green Bay. And I think he's a little bit of an a-hole like I am. I think he wants to have one more championship than Favre. And I think he realizes if he does that, he's going to be cemented ahead of Favre. It's, it's getting kind of loud for him on the playoff department. I mean, I don't, I used to think it was just the team around him, but, I mean, he had the team this year. The defense stepped up. The defense did what they needed to do at home in the playoffs, and he couldn't manage to beat the crappy 49ers. I, this loss, this last loss, I usually try to make excuses for Rodgers. He's had a lot of bad playoff losses that came down to not him. Like, he'd have 350 yards and three touchdowns, perfect quarterback rating, and never touched the ball in overtime, and the defense gave up 40. That's usually how it goes. But yeah. when you have the Niners coming to Lambeau, it's snowy, it's cold. You're the better team overall, I would say. I say the roster top to bottom for the Packers was better than the Niners this season. You got Jimmy G being Jimmy G, throwing picks in the red zone. And then the only thing that really maybe wasn't his fault is the special teams unit. But, I mean, the special teams of Green Bay, just it's we expected that to happen at some point. You can't only score one touchdown at home versus the Niners in a playoff game in the snow. And in, in the snow and cold when that's kind of a farce or a farce. That's kind of Rogers' thing. He's like – not affected by that. People go in and play at Lambeau in January. He looks like he's not even cold. I don't know. He looked cold to me this year, but I, he, he needs to step it up at the end there. Like people are saying he wants to go elsewhere, maybe to find a better chance. And we're saying his best chance is in green Bay, but he ruined it this year. So he has to come back. I think he needs to come back just to prove to everyone that he can do it. Cause you know, if they make the playoffs again this year, that's all the noise is going to be as soon as they make the playoffs. Well, well Rogers can't perform the playoffs anyway. So might as well just count them out. I don't yeah. know. He need, he needs to come back just to prove everyone wrong, I think. But like yeah, you said, shut he's an out. asshole, so who knows what he'll do. Um, Hey, man, us assholes need to stick together, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> I know for me, like, you know, I, if you're an asshole, I respect you even more. Um, Just kind of looking at the Packers' needs, and this is what I wrote down, you know, if you have anything to add or if you if you differ from what I say, you know, feel free. Uh, I think they need definite help in the wide receiver department. Um, Linebackers. I think they need to improve the line, the offensive and the defensive line. And Smith, the linebacker, the outside linebacker, he's got a big, I think it's like 22 mil next year. Yep. Um, if they decide to cut him, address that, or keep him and kind of restructure, like whatever. What in terms of needs, where do you do you agree with those? Or is there something I'm missing? Or uh, I think that's a pretty good list. Uh, as far as Zadarius Smith goes, I actually kind of think I expect them to cut him. I, I don't know. Unless he's going to take way, way less money and do some kind of restructure, I don't think he will. I also think him and Preston Smith might both be on the chopping block just with the way Rashawn Gary performed this past year. 
he's coming into his own. He was kind of rough his rookie season. He had a pretty good second year, but last year he really was coming in. I think they they are ready to rely on him to be the one, the number one pass rusher there. Uh, the only one I might disagree with D line. I think Kenny Clark and that depth's been pretty good for the Packers on the okay. defensive line. Uh, and linebackers, if they get rid of Smith and the Smith brothers, they'll obviously need some outside linebackers. But if they can keep uh, that cat from the Falcons that they brought in for like $1.5 million, I, I can't remember his name. The middle linebacker, I played for Greenback, I can't remember his name okay. now, but he was only on a one year deal. I think they really need to try to rework him and get him back because he was probably the second best player on that defense all year. And he was a steal for, I know it was less than $2 million that they brought him in for. So if they can bring him back, I'm not too concerned about the linebackers. Wide receiver, yes, but that's been a thing every year. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're going to address it, if, especially if they get Devontae back and they bring Rodgers back. I think they just rely on them to patch some things up, which it's been working. I mean, I'm not going to blame our receivers on the loss. People might say that's how they couldn't score, but he has plenty of options to throw to that maybe aren't top end. I think uh, Alan Lazard's a little underrated. He does pretty well being the two. Uh, and MVS, I mean, if he's not hurt, the issue with him is he has drop problems. So I do think they maybe can address the receiver room in the draft, but I think they got bigger things to worry about just on their plate right now with, you know, the whole Rodgers situation. Uh, and the defensive backs, no one ever mentions them because they have Jared Alexander, who, in my opinion, is the best defensive back in the league. Uh, and they got Rasul Douglas. I think they'll bring him back. But after that, they don't have a lot of depth at defensive back. So I think that that would be where I would probably address with my first-round pick in this year's draft because offensively there's not too much to be excited, in my opinion, in the draft pool. But there's some defensive backs out there, especially where, where the Packers will be picking you know, later in rounds and stuff. I think they might be able to uh, find some, some defensive back help there. But uh, I do mm-hmm. like – like your list. I think I take the linebackers off, like I said, but okay. that's even if they get rid of Smith, the Smith brothers, which I do think they have to. I mean, they're cap hell. I don't think they have an option. They're they're no, not going to be able yeah. to bring Zedarius Smith back. Yeah, I mean, I I saw that number. And, like, what do you play the first game? And then he played the game against the 49ers. So, I mean, I thought the defense, if you look at it for a whole year, I thought they performed good. Yep, and I agree. I think moving on from him and freeing up so you have some wiggle room to right. – add to the core i think that i agree with you 100 percent um the big news today that came out this morning Schefter tweeted out that the cowboys are expected to cut amari cooper i mentioned the wide receiver position i mean that that's pretty tempting you know what i mean like yeah that with all the old odell beckham jr rumors like he was choosing between green green bay was one of the teams i know cooper is going to demand a lot of money but hypothetically let's say cooper goes hey i'll come in like two million for one year try to win a ship would you be down with that i mean i would gladly take that yeah yeah the only issue with cooper like you said i i don't think he'll take less money than that you know i think he's gonna want his full money but if in that situation if you came to me and told me that then hell yeah i mean bring on kamari cooper i think he's a great weapon i i think he's had some up and down years he also has drop issues but I'm not going to try to say that I wouldn't be jumping for joy if they somehow got Cooper to come play for a ship for one year with cheap money. But because anyone, if you give me anyone with even remote high talent level on the other side of Devonta Adams, I think it just helps as a whole. I mean, we don't even need Cooper to come in and blow up and be the one really. That's another issue is he's probably a wide receiver diva. I mean, they want to be, Yeah. you know, he's going to have to go yeah. through some stuff like OBJ did before yeah. he decides to just like, all right, I can be the two. 
And then look what happens. OBJ goes to the Rams and settles in as a two, and he's like, all right, cool. I'm not the guy, but I'm a guy here. And look, he went and won a Super Bowl. So, I mean, if Cooper wants to come play for a couple mil and maybe we get Rodgers to come back because of that, you know, and I do – and the offensive line, I didn't touch on that. You said they need to improve. I agree with that. I think they have uh, some weaknesses there. To be fair, they were missing Bakhtiari all year. I think with yeah, him back, it'll help. And true. they also lost Elton Jenkins yeah. uh, midway. Was, which, which was huge. Yeah, and he's – using Jenkins because that guy is a, a Anywhere. Man. The yeah. only place he hasn't played is center. And every position they've put him on that line, he's pretty much dominated. I mean, he filled in for Bakhtiari for a few weeks before he got hurt, and he was – it was like no, no, nothing even changed, which is kind of big to say about when you're going from David Bakhtiari to anyone and you don't really notice. I mean, David Bakhtiari is yeah. one of the top five. So, so um, in turn, now they have nine picks in the draft, which you know, with their pick history, <laughs> you know, like, eh. so do you think like the GM, whose name, of course, I'm spaced on, do you think he's going to be able? to address what they need to address. And let's say Rogers comes back. Like, do you think they could win it all if they nail the draft or like, what's your expectations going into next season? Honestly, if Rogers comes back, I don't think they need to even nail the draft. I think anytime you have a remotely decent roster, like the Packers have, even currently, if they just bring in a bunch of rookies that do nothing and then they have Rogers back, I think he can carry them to the playoffs. Now it's, it's a whole different ballgame once they get in the playoffs with Rodgers. I have no idea. But I do think if they bring Rodgers back, they will have a shot. Now, if they don't bring Rodgers back, they have not a shot. So it doesn't matter if they nail the draft. But if they do nail the draft, it would be, I think, a defensive back needs to hit, maybe a late-round wide receiver, and maybe a linebacker or two. The good news is their draft history is eh. But Gutenkunst has hit – that's his name, Brian Gutenkunst yeah. – has hit on a few picks, and they're always late. They're always fourth, fifth-round guys. Aaron Jones is a fifth-round guy. This is the kind of the perfect draft for that. I mean, there's not a lot of super high top-end talent anyway. Yeah, there's not a lot of top, like, last year's draft. I yeah. agree with 100%. And he does like to trade back. If he can find – it's hard to get people to buy, especially in this kind of draft class, to get to want to trade up. But if he can find some buyers to trade up, I think he might dis, you know, dis, disperse his picks and go backwards and maybe – take some later shots in the third and fourth round and give up his earlier picks for that reason. Maybe you get some futures, but oh. it's hard to get people to bite on those. I mean, yeah. especially when the draft class isn't that great. So now I'm looking, I know they just restructured Jones's contract, but you got Jones and Dylan. Do you think it's going to be a two headed monster? Do you think they look to trade one of those to kind of add some pieces? Cause like you get a couple players or a couple picks for those guys with how well they've been I, playing. I think with uh, LaFleur's, history i think he'll be a two-headed monster i think he likes likes it that way now fantasy guys i know it sucks to hear that yeah i don't personally play a lot of fantasy so i don't really mind i love aj dylan i love that they can split it up matter of fact i wish they would have gave it to him more in the playoff game that they lost but i do think they'll they'll keep them both they restructured jones to keep him around uh dylan's still on his rookie contract so it'll be a two-headed monster as far as i'm concerned you know it'll, it'll jones will get his touches He'll get the passes out of the backfield. He'll have big explosive plays. AJ Dillon will have five yards of carry and wear down teams in the second half. I think that's that'll be the uh, the recipe. Now we have to get to the monkey and another monkey in the room. And I save this one to the last. The special teams, like is that you want to talk about a nightmare of a nightmare, was yeah. watching the Packers play special teams. Now, a let's start in the kicker position. You got Mason Crosby. It, I, he's been there for, I mean, I don't even remember when he wasn't there when like looking back at it, 
what's like, are, do you, could you see them like trying to draft a kicker like in the sixth round and have a competition or like what with, in terms of Crosby, are they going to move on or do you think he's back? I think they might be forced to move on with their cap situation. Like I said, though, the cap's fake. I'm learning that yeah. it's just, they can do all kinds of stuff to do that. But if it comes down to it, he might be a cap casualty. I think they want to try to stick with him, but they might not have a choice. Now, as far as where or when or how they get the, the next kicker, I'm not really sure. But Mason's been up and down the last few years. People seem to forget, though, he's been on – he's had a great career. He's had long stretches. Even after his horrendous couple years ago, he missed, like, over half of his field goals. And then the very next season, he didn't miss any. Yeah. So, it's he's a folk here on Green Bay. It'll be hard. But I, I kind of think he's a cap casualty. Uh, I don't know about Gutenkunst and how he's going to draft with kickers. I mean, historically, the Packers don't really draft kickers. They get them elsewhere. But he's a new GM, really. He's only drafted a few times. So, and I haven't done too much research into the kickers of this draft class. Yeah, I haven't. Sure, I haven't done it either. I just right. know, like, on my notes, I wanted to ask you about Crosby, so I had to right. ask you. Yeah, they were, they were so with how good their offense and defense was. Right. Like the special teams are just an utter shit show. Excuse my language. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they would have. They still would have won. They would have won against the Niners in the playoffs if the special teams didn't give up that block punt touchdown, and that was with the offense underperforming. Yeah, and yeah, because I mean, what would they give up? Like 120 yards? If I would have told you, like they gave up 120 yards rushing to the 49ers, you'd have thought they 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 smoked them, right? Um, and a couple intercept or one interception, a couple turnovers, at least one. That one interception in the red zone, Jimmy. I remember watching it. I'm standing in my living room, and I say to my buddy, I said, "We really need Jimmy G to Jimmy G right now." As they were driving down the field right before halftime, I think, and then he threw that pick in the oh, red zone. I'm like, "Oh yeah, how do we not win that?" I'm just, I'm getting myself more angry thinking about it. <laughs> my bad, my my bad on that. <laughs> right. um, you guys did bring in the Raiders coach, and I think like that was big. I think Lafleur needed to go outside of the building yep. to bring someone else, and I think it's a great hire. Um, what um, your punter? I'm spacing on his name. Do you think they move on for him? Do you think they take him or? Bahor, yeah. uh, he was on a one-year deal, I believe. So uh, his cap hit can't be that hard if they want to extend him, and he can't be at, asking for much. So maybe they keep him because he didn't really do too bad himself. Most of the issues with the special teams was like the the snapper or the hold was bad on field goals or like the the system of the blocking. Was, something went wrong. The Niners, someone was supposed to block that guy that got through. I've listen to Matt before talk about it but I do like Masashi Hire. I I've read a lot of good things about him as a like a leader of men people like to get behind him I think it's one step in the right direction but the Packers have this tendency to kind of ignore the special teams unit and then they just kind of with whatever money they have left at the end the back end roster guys are just who I mean they fill in spots all year they'll bring in three or four guys a week and then they play one game on special teams and then they're cut the next week so it's not just the coaching it's the talent level they're bringing in you got to have some – you got to bring in some guys. You can't just get scrapped off the heap at the end, you know, out of free agency and hope that your special teams unit can do things because obviously it's not worked. It's not worked for years. They've done that for years. The special teams unit has been bad since I can remember. So they need to start maybe focusing a little more on the players. And that doesn't necessarily mean bring in separate players, but you can't be scared to use your mid-roster guys or even a couple high-end guys to – to play special teams. If they're good at it and we're getting our shit kicked in, excuse my language, yeah. on special teams, maybe you start putting some actual talent there and fix those holes. So hopefully Basashi does that, changes the the system a little bit, maybe brings in 
someone. I don't know, but it is a good start. I, I'm not like some Packer fans who got really super excited. We're like, oh, our special teams is fixed. I'm like, well, I mean, a good coach is one part of it, but yeah. he can't make them play better, so they got to give him some people to work with, and I think he'll he'll do us good there in the end. And I liked how after the season for the Raiders, he wrote a thank you note to every single player. Right. I, I, I like that. Um, in terms of um, – Overall, I just kind of feel like if they're serious about winning it, I feel that this is their year. And they, like you said, they can't F around with it. They need to make sure the special team is as tight. And what the 49ers did is they started playing like Debo more on special teams. They started playing like their starters more on special teams. Do you think we could, we could see that like they take it? Cause it's such a copycat lead. Do you think the Packers could do that if they struggle? They, I hope that's kind of what I'm hoping to see. And I'm hoping that a new coach that's from a, like you said, he brought him in outside. You know, usually we have this horrible special teams. They fire the coach. They hire, they promote someone from within. I don't know why you would do that for a horrible unit. If you're just firing coach after coach, finally goes outside of the building, brings someone else in highly respected guy. I'm assuming he wants to listen to his ideas and I'm sure he'll want to use some players that maybe LaFleur hasn't used, used to use on the special teams, but I know there are some guys like they keep putting MVS out there, so like they're willing to 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 risk him, but he's not even a good tackler. When you could throw out Darnell Savage or someone that's faster, a better tackler on the back end, yeah, maybe he might get hurt, but maybe not. Maybe he plays special teams all year and never gets hurt, like a lot of fleet players do. But they got to put someone, some some more than just one. I mean, I would love, I would love that. I like that idea. They got to bring in, either bring in talent or use the talent we have and not just rely on the scrap heat because it's yeah. not worked for years. And not only has it not worked for years, it's really, I mean, it's a big black eye on the playoff record. You know, you have the the years of the defense being bad and everyone blaming them. And now the last few years, the special teams has really messed some things up. And that play against the Niners is going to be one of those plays that Packer fans talk about. Like that, that play is one of the worst and it's yeah. on the special teams unit. So they got to do something. I'm with you. It's getting close. I mean, it's already been at the end here, running out of time with Rodgers. They need to take a page out of the Niners and do that with special teams and the and the Rams. Take a page out of their book. Sell out, man. Picks picks are overrated, one. Two, especially when you're a Packer fan, because like you said, they don't do well with the picks. So just sell out, man. Get some talent in there. Bring in Amari Cooper. Bring, bring in whatever you got to do, because once Rodgers is gone, it's going to be a dark, dark period for the Packers, because Jordan Love ain't it. Thank you for saying picks are overrated. That's been my heap. Just because, like, I did this whole thing. It's basically like thirty-five percent, like, of a player picked at a picked last at a team for over four years. Right. But so, you know what I mean? Like, you have an asset, and let's say, um, you know, you guys have the twenty-eighth pick. Like right now, that has more perceived value than, let's say, like the wide receiver from Arkansas, whose name I'm spacing. You know what I mean? Like you right. can get more for that than the player. So I totally agree with you. Start selling picks, get in a position to win. I think it's such a copycat league. You hit it in the head. They're going to start doing what the Niners, not the Niners, but the, what the Rams did with their build. Right. Um, so basically long story short, you're saying my Lions are going to struggle this year and Green Bay is going to. Buddy, I think your Lions might have struggled this year, even if Rodgers goes away. <laughs> Yeah, that's it up. It's going to be an uphill battle for a while as long as we have Jared Goff. Um, James, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day coming on. Why don't you tell everyone where they can follow you on on Twitter and everything you have going on on social media? 
Yeah, man. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, like you said earlier, at James Makes Picks. Uh, I post all my plays there. Uh, I focus mainly on soccer, like you said, but when the NFL's around, I like doing dabbling in there. Uh, uh, and I do recap everything at the end of the day. I have a spreadsheet there linked on my uh, Twitter profile so you can you know, follow along with me and my gambling journey. So It's been fun, man. Thanks for having me on. I'll uh, glad to come back whenever you need me to talk some more uh, Packer football. Hey, man, you know what? If you want to come on after the um, the draft, you know, I'd love to have you come on and, you know, give some insight on that, dude. So let's plan on that. All right, let's do it. All right, James, you have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk soon, my friend. All right, man. See ya. Okay, people, we got a big UFC card this weekend, and who else to come on and talk a little UFC than my main man, Jason. You can find him on Twitter. He's at BoyTheLine or on Instagram, at BoyTheLineINC. A little incorporated right there, man? UFC. Yeah, a little bit, man. I, I dude, my somebody stole my handle, man. So I had to had to think of something else, man. How, how you doing, Eric, man? Thanks for having me on, man. Ah, dude, you know what? Like we're talking off air, man. I gave up carbs. I'm in a, I'm in a shitty mood, so I'm like, I'm I'm normally an asshole, and I hate <laughs> that, but I'm like asshole times ten. You know oh, what I mean, shit. like, so I just yeah. But other I got, than that, I'm doing good, man. You know, I I, I, I got to stay on your good side, then, man. Well, you know who's not on my good side? North Carolina A&T for not covering the plus seven and a half in overtime and getting outscored 14 to two in OT. Oof, that's and brutal, going, man. Going one of four in the last 30 seconds in three throws. That's that's who's not on my good side. Um, college, college basketball, bro, man. It is it's brutal. It, it is always a trip. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to get brutal. Now March Madness is going to get even worse. You know what, dude? I love this time of year, man. You know, we got an insane UFC card. We got the conference tournaments. Obviously, you're here to talk some UFC. So let's dive, dive right into it. You told me you got five bets for the card. Let's uh, let's go with bet number one. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to start pretty early on the card, man. I'm going to go with well, the first fight I'm going to go ahead with is uh, obviously UFC 272, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada, man, the home of UFC this week. I cannot wait for that. I think it's going to be a great, uh, great overall card. Uh, overall, man. I'm going to start off with uh, Greg Hardy and Sergey Spivak. Uh, right now, Spivak sitting at about a uh, minus 200 uh, favorite there. Hardy sitting at plus 158. And, uh, you know, the thing about it is, man, Greg Hardy, man, he's just one of those fighters that's, um, you know, he's got a good chance, you know, to get a TKO win, you know, because he's, he's really athletic, obviously former Carolina Panther football player. Uh, but he's really off balance on a lot of on a lot of things. And, I think Sergey can capitalize that, you know, land some takedowns. He's really good, uh, uh, you know, on control and ground and pound sort of sort of way. And Hardy's uh, he's coming off a knockout. He got uh, knocked out in his last fight, um, you know, against uh, 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 Tuviasa. Last I'm sorry, I remember his name. He's one of the fan favorites. He actually won uh, the last UFC pay per view. Got knocked out there, so coming off of loss, and also uh, Spivax coming off of, uh, off a of loss too as well against uh, Spy Nails, but. Uh, uh, Spivak's a younger guy, 13 and three, one of those up and comers. I think he's just going to be able to, uh, probably knock out Greg Hardy. Like I said, for he's a little off balance, man, who's prone to get knocked out, uh, but can really, um, you know, I think he's going to win by either decision or, or actually, uh, disqualification actually. And it's important to know, um, I was looking at the, uh, the weigh-ins today and I was looking on Twitter, one person tweeted out that when they spoke to Hardy two days ago, he was at 295. Right. So obviously, yeah. So obviously yeah. he is, you know, his weights, uh, not, you know, not getting the weight there. Um, and also for the, for the odds, man, plus 275. 
uh, for that. I, I, lo- I love the plus money there, and you have three ways to kind of get that get that That's win. But as, long, but as long as Spivak wins, we you know with uh, wins within the distance. Uh, I think we're you know obviously we're good there two seventy five. So I'll take I it. Love that bet, and honestly, I'll probably tail you on that because I. I'll say it. Greg Hardy's a piece of shit in my eyes. <laughs> but, you know, I have it out there. You know, I, I, I think he has me blocked on Twitter. But uh, yeah, not a fan. Wow. Love the play. I'll definitely on <laughs> that. Uh, play number two. What we got? Yeah, next I'm going to go with the next fight, man. Kevin Holland and uh, Alex Alex Averia. Uh, this is another one. Kevin uh, Kevin Kevin Holland coming in a 400 favorite. Got uh, Ovaria with a plus 280 underdog. This is another man I'm going to go inside the distance once again, Kevin Holland. And Alex Ovaria, man, he's he's uh, he's an older fighter, man. He's taken a lot of uh, beating, uh, you know, through his career. Uh, and then you have Kevin Holland, also another guy who's kind of on that, you know, up and coming uh, kind of fighter, 21 and 7. Alex Ovaria, 20, you know, 22 and 11. Both of these, both obviously. Uh, Overe's coming off a, a loss there against uh, a Price in his last fight. I just think that uh, you know Holland's going to be able to basically knock out uh, Holland. I think it's just going to come down to more of the strength and then also the age as well. Um, you know, as, as uh, Holland there's 29 years old, he's 34. Like I said before, Olivia's been kind of through the ringer when it comes to his UFC career, and I think this is kind of like a get right fight for Kevin Holland. And I think he can easily win the decision. I got a plus one fifteen uh, to win with I by knockout TKO or disqualification. So I'm going to roll that as well with plus money there. I love that play. Love that play a lot. I could definitely see Holland and Holland rolling them up easily. Uh, play number three. What what you got, my man? Yeah, I'm going to roll with uh, Edison Barboza against Bryce Mitchell. This is another one. Bryce Mitchell, man, he's a, he's another fan favorite there in UFC. He's a Louisiana guy. Uh, country guy fight pretty much like trains on a farm man. he like wrestles deer and stuff this is no bullshit either by the way uh so big fan favorite i actually hate betting against him because i just i just kind of like his whole personality you know as a, as a fighter i like everything kind of about him but i think this is a big step up in competition for uh mitchell and and being able to get uh edison barboza at plus 133 who can um, you know, you can all obviously knock out, you know, uh, Mitchell easily. Uh, it's, it's always there. Um, I think at plus one thirty-seven, uh, I got a plus one thirty. This one's already dropping down, already already down to almost one thirty on uh, Bovada. Uh, so obviously, some money's coming in on the dog. I think this is one to be the dog is a good dog spot right here. It's probably one of the closer fights on the card too, as well when it comes to odds. Uh, I'm gonna roll the dog here, man. Plus one thirty-three, Edison Barboza. I love this play. Um. I for that better than Vegas website every Saturday I write out write out my plays and actually you know before we got on he was one of the plays so yeah. I definitely have this one locked in I love Barbosa a lot this weekend. Uh, yeah. Play number four. What, four. What are you looking at, my man? Four is the main event, man. Uh, obviously, we got uh, Masvidal versus Covington, and uh, you know when it comes to the value, I think uh, I'm going to go. This fight goes the distance. I don't think I think it's going to be another uh, just kind of just drag out kind of fight. I don't think either uh, fight will be able to knock each other out or or kind of do a submission. I think this goes the distance, man. Uh, one I got a minus one thirty six. Uh, I think was to me is the best value there. I think it goes all the way. Um, and obviously the odds kind of show that I think like the over on like four rounds is pretty juiced. Um, and you know, obviously all the over, all the over rounds are pretty juiced. So 
I'm going to go kind of with the best, another kind of value, minus 136. I'll take uh, Mazadov to go uh, the distance in this. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. I mean, I'm looking right now at my book, one of my books. The over of four and a half is minus 142. So, I mean, that pretty much tells you all you need to know. Like, that's yep. the books think it's going to go. Now, did you, you had, did you take one of the fighters by decision, or did you just take that it would go to decision? Just to go to distance. Uh, no, no, it doesn't matter who wins. I just think it'll go, you know, go the distance. So, that's kind of where I'm going to play that. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Now, call me crazy. Just call me crazy if you will. <laughs> but on one book, I'm seeing Jorge by decision at 12 to 1. Not, I mean, I mean, you kind of got to throw just a little cheddar on this. Yeah, uh, it's hard for me to back. It's kind of hard for me to, uh, you know, bet against Covington uh, on this oh, spot. Sure. But yeah, uh, 12 to 1, man, just, yeah. I mean, I mean you, you never know what can happen. UFC, man, you never know what can happen. Some of these big dogs usually cash. There's always is always a couple of those that cash on the card. Uh, could easily happen, man. So, um, Now, do you have a fifth play? I do. I got a parlay, man. I'm gonna do it. Uh, uh, you know, plus two, two fifty two on the odds. I'm gonna take Holland, Covington, Tagliar, and Spivak, man. All money line. Uh, four. It's a four, four, uh, four fighter parlay. Plus two fifty two. Um, a little bit of big odds, but I think all those have definitely a big advantage. You can come out as a win on all four of those fights. Yeah, I like that parlay a lot. I'll probably, I'm not going to lie, I'll probably tail on the parlay, and we're on, definitely on the same side as Barbosa, and I'm going to fade the shit out of Ray Cardi. <laughs> yeah, Cardi yeah. shit. So, um, <laughs> you got a million things going on today, man. So, I just want to thank you for, like, you know, coming on, talking a little uh, UFC, giving everybody no problem, plays, man. Your plays and everything. Um, you know, you are doing a little timeout for social media, but when you, when you, when you come back into play with everybody, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on, uh, on Twitter yep. and Instagram and everything? Yeah, absolutely, man. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at bully the line and uh, I'll be back on, you know, right before March madness, man, taking a little break after football and uh, you know, taking a little social media detox, man. But uh, I will be back on probably, you know, back there and right before March madness. So we're ready to get into college basketball. Yeah. This is, yeah. Like I said, this is a great time of the year. I mean, like, absolutely. I just, you got so much like this time of the year and then and then October. Yep. I mean, though, like for me, it's one of the best times of the year, my friend. Yeah, that That's the best time. You got so much action going on. Absolutely. Jason, my man, thank you for coming on. Let's cash some tickets. Let's make some money. And then, uh, you know, anytime you're free, you're going to be here for the UFC. So, uh, yep. you know, let's make you guys some money. Best of luck, my friend. Absolutely, man. Thanks, Eric, for having me on, man. Thank you. And we've reached the part of the show where it's the NASCAR part of the show. And we're trying something new this week. We're going to be going live during the NASCAR aspect. Brandon, Boston boy, 83, as he's here every week during the NASCAR season is here. Him and I are going to start to do some more live stuff. We figured why not start today. Brandon, how you doing today, my man? Doing good. Happy Friday, everybody. Good to be here. I mean, well, you had quite a little weekend, buddy, in New York, man. You were living the dream last year, last weekend, yeah. buddy. Yeah, I had a good one. It was a very good time. All right. All right. Um, well, we almost pulled off. We almost got, what is it called in bowling? The turkey? Three in a yep. row. Logano almost came through for us. Yep. Um, you know, now we're going to Las Vegas. I have to say, I'm kind of a fan of this new setup, this new next-gen car. What do you think of it? 
I do. There's a lot more racing involved. It's not as spread out. There's a lot of back and forth. I still think there's a lot to figure out with the tires, like the randomly blown tires. But things going to take some time. But to your point, the racing's been – we've only had two two weeks of it, but the racing's been really good. It seems like last year, if you were a big company, you had a distinct advantage. Absolutely. This year, I don't see that. Them. I see – I see a little bit more of an, a quote unquote even playing field. Yeah, it is a lot of the stuff now, like the chassis and other parts of the car, you have to purchase directly through NASCAR when before you could either fabricate it yourself or purchase it from a higher branded company. And now all these guys, the cars are more equal. The motors may be still a little different on how they're built, but the cars are way more equal. So the lower funded teams, I mean, you had, you had Almirola, Hemrick, Suarez, Dylan, all those guys in the top 10 last week. Kurt Busch in the 23-11 team. So you had a lot of guys that you normally don't see running towards the front running. And I mean, like you mentioned Suarez. I mean, Suarez, his owners are Pitbull and Floyd, like Money Mayweather. So in my mind, he's got to get a victory this year. Yeah, because those guys aren't going to do stuff unless it's unless it's a moneymaker. No, I'm with you. And if Floyd's involved, if Floyd's not winning, he will not be a part of it. We all know that. So I guess, you know, let's dive into the races. And with that being said, I really want to take Suarez, but I didn't I didn't pull the trigger. I don't think this is the race where we can pull the trigger on Suarez. I don't think it is either at 30 to one. We, yeah. we know there's going to be a race. A few of them down the line where they're going to have him sitting at 80 to 1, 100 to 1. Those are the times that you're going to want to grab him. But at 30 to 1, and some of the drivers that we'll go over here in a minute, the odds are definitely even higher than that. And they're definitely better drivers. Now, you're rocking a Chase Elliott shirt. For those who don't know, for those that are listening to us for the first time on the podcast or watching live, Brandon is a Chase fan. What gave it away? what was what what happened like what happened with the larson um elliot situation those guys teammates what's going on so i'll take my homer fan of elliot out for just a second and speak to larson he said he is looking at his a post mirror which for those of you that don't know it's the mirror that's down in the bottom left looking out the driver's side because that's where Logano was, and he was trying to side draft. Chase had a full run coming up in the mirror, goes high. Larson said he didn't see him. He said, I was too focused on Logano's side draft, and then I tried to break up to get away from him. I, I believe that aspect of it. But the fact that you're telling me that he almost gets equal car length to you, and you try to say that your spotter said it a little late, when they released the spotter radio and showed the video, the spotter clearly said nine high, nine high, nine high for like the third time. And then he breaks to the right. Now I know they're going 200 miles an hour. So benefit of a doubt. He didn't see him. He didn't know he was already there. But even if you didn't know he was there and your spotter's saying that there's a car high, he had to be coming. Yeah. Uh, Elliot was pissed. I guarantee Hendrick Motorsports. I guarantee they had a meeting on Monday to try and button this up because if you're Hendricks, it's the last thing you want because if Chase wants to get payback, you might have two wrecked cars and watching money fly out the window. So I'll give Larson the benefit of a doubt, but 
I, I'm not a full believer of, of his statement. Now, I would love to have been the fly in a wall in that meeting. Just yeah. absolutely love. Because, I mean, I'm not the biggest Larson guy fan in the world. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, so-so with your boy. You know, don't love him, don't hate him. You know, just kind of in the middle. But I completely think Larson was in the wrong. I think that was a pure intentional move. Um, and that kind of brings us to our first bet. We're doing the prop bet. We found plus 110 on an offshore. Elliot over Larson. You mentioned there could be a revenge factor. You know, for those of first-time listeners, we lock in about five units in a race. Um, we're going Elliot over Larson. We're risking 1.75 units to win 1.925U. Um, like you said, I think I think Elliot's going to take him out. I just think there's going to be a message sent um, at some point during the race. And, you know, I'll, I'll roll it here. Elliot historically has done well here. He's done well at the intermediate track. I think he finishes ahead of Larson. Yeah, and even if there isn't a true revenge factor, he's not going to give Larson any room at the end of a race. So if Larson is trying to make a move, Chase will close the door, whether it be intentional or not. So I'll, I'll roll with you on that 110. Now, in terms of picking head-to-heads, um, you know, I know you hate him, and I'm about – like, I think this is the third week I've picked him. You know, he he can't he, – he won the clash for us. He won the clash for us. You know, so he can't complain. I'm going with Logano at eight to one, you know, I'm betting one unit to win eight at Las Vegas. He has an average finish of seven and a half since 2019. Um, Last race, he kind of struggled a little bit, but he figured it out toward the end and he was in a position to win the race. He had, I thought he had a great run. Yeah. So, you know, Logano best price we found on the books, eight to one risking one, you to win eight. Yeah. No, nah, I'll roll with it. Um, what is the first guy you're picking, sir? First guy I have is Truex. Great equipment, good at these style tracks. 22 to 1. I can't tell you the last time me or you have seen him at 22 to 1. I don't know what's going through Vegas, what they know, we don't know, because I always get into that that mindset of why. Like, why is he sitting? Why is that talent, that equipment sitting at that number? So I'm definitely going to roll with Truex at 22 to one. That's a, that's a thick ROI. I mean, just kind of piggybacking what you're, what you said, he, since 2019, he's got one win at Las Vegas. He's got three wins at the, at the size intermediate track. Um, I like him here a lot too. He's actually on my card at 22 to one as well. Um, I'm, I'm in on him here. Um, the next guy I am rolling with, you know, I'm going with Byron. I found Byron at 12 to one. Um, you look at you. You look at last year. Um, fifth best speed last year at this type of track. Um, you looked at during the playoffs. He had a little bit of a hiccup with like a blown tire, as a little situation in pit roll. Um, last year, he had second best average on this style intermediate track. Um, and then last week, stage three, he was running toward the front, and then he crashed out. So um, he's running well. He's historically done well here. Twelve to one's a tough price to beat. I, you know, we're locking Byron in, risking one to win uh, twelve U with Truex twenty-two to one, risking half a U to win eleven U for the one you just gave out. Who's uh, who's your next guy? My next guy is going to be Reddick. He dominated last week. He's fourteen to one. He showed really good signs at the end of last year. Um, 
this is going to be one of those bets that we're going to truly see how we can rely on him as the season goes. Was last week a fluke? Was last week one of those he ran good, led most of the race, blew a tire, and then you had his teammate uh, Austin Dillon running second. So I want to see what those cars bring this week. And if they are bringing the same type of power they brought last week, I want to lock Reddick in at 14 to 1. If we do see that slide with that team, then I'll absolutely start fading Reddick and Austin Dillon for a little while until we see some more changes. But uh, I do like Reddick at 14 to 1. Okay. All right. Um, now, you mentioned there's two other guys you like. I've gone through all my guys. Um, you know, for those first time listeners, first time watchers, Brandon's got a history of finding these diamonds in the rough. You know, these guys that are just kind of out there. He's hit a couple long shots last year. Um, so, you know, you hit Bowman at a big price once. I'm trying to yeah. think who else. I, of course, I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, who's your first long shot? The first long shot is going to be Eric Almarola. Uh, let's be honest. We shit on him all last season. Said he couldn't come through with anything. He, uh, he had a top 10 last week. And for a man to have a top 10 in Stuart Haas equipment and his odds be 70 to 1 going into Las Vegas, I'm not going to steer away from him. Top 10 last week, good equipment, 70 to 1. That's all I've got to say about it. There's no hidden gem of, like, disguise about this. I see the odds. I like them based off of last week's results. And we're just going to roll the dice in Vegas on that one. I mean, it's what I always say in every single sport play the number play the situation. You know, this is his last year running, you know, so we're going to see a good effort from him yep. to try to get, you know, one more win on the circuit before he hangs it up. Um, so yeah, at 70 to one, you know, I definitely like, it. and he's, he's been running good. It goes back to what we said uh, earlier. Um, this new car, next gen car, the it, it's more of an even playing field and Al Morello is showing he's, he's a good driver and he can definitely hang in. So you know, with him as 70 to run, we are risking half of you to win 35 you. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's huge ROI. We hit that. You know, we're basically, I mean, I hate to say it, stuff for the year. <laughs> now, I got a bigger, I got a bigger ROI for you. All right, let's hear it. Another guy that finished in the top 10 last week. College Racing has shown fast speed the first two weeks. You have Daniel Hemrick sitting at 100 to 1. Again, this isn't, and also for any new time listeners, this isn't one of those things that we're going to go into next week and say, oh, Corey LaJoy got a top 10. We're throwing a unit on him. No, that's a fluke. That doesn't happen. Colleague Grayson is showing speed early. They've got a lot to prove being a new team in NASCAR coming up from the Xfinity series. They've got enough invested in their, in their name to where they're still running Xfinity and Cup now. And seeing them with that style of speed and seeing another man like that at 100 to 1, I'm locking that in as my final long shot. I mean, and we're going to risk a quarter of a U to win 25 U. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the only time we ever, ever bet Corey LaJoy, top 20. <laughs> That's the only time we bet Corey LaJoy. Work. I mean, last year, it's that work. was our go-to bet. That was it's our work. go-to bet. Corey LaJoy, top 20. Um, it was kind of funny because DraftKings, like DraftKings would put that bet out at like four to one last year for yeah. like multiple tracks that historically, like he has done well at, and you and I just kept on hammering it. I mean, you look at, you look at that stuff now for these, um, 
for these top 20s. I don't even think – I think they stopped offering them draft teams. Yeah, because, because you, to, you drain them out. <laughs> they, they're up to top, top 10s. You know, this one guy keeps doing top twenties and draining us. We got to cut this out next year. I mean, who, who's this asshole keeps on keeps on putting like four hundred bucks on on the joy yeah. <laughs> top twenty? Um, but uh, you know, you for those who don't know, you are an iRacer. You ran Las Vegas last night. Why don't you tell how, everyone how you did and what what the track was feeling like when you're when you're doing your iRacing? I'd like to explain what the track felt like, but um, unfortunately, we had a mishap in qualifying, so started in the back, which I was fine with. I was like, it's a 100-lap race. We'll just ride for a little bit. Had a fast, fast, long-run truck. We had tested all week. Um, to give a shout-out, in the other two Las Vegas races last night, the other two splits, we had one teammate finish first, one teammate finish fourth, another guy finish eighth. Coming out of turn four on the very first lap, running 32nd, again, just relaxing, first lap, car got loose in front of me or truck, two two trucks ahead of me, couldn't see them. There's a big break, blew the motor, didn't even complete a lap. So it was probably the most frustrating style of race I've ever had to experience in my life. It was week two of Road to Pro. It has drastically put us behind the eight ball. We're still in the top 50 percentile and you get one drop race. So that will be my drop race. So right now we have a 25th at Daytona, which was horrible running third on the last lap. And then what happened Friday or yesterday. So a lot of rebound to do. Definitely follow the page twitch.tv slash Boston boy 83. Um, we still run multiple nights, not just Thursday nights, but, uh, Got a lot of work to do. We can't have any more mistakes. It was just one of those freak acts. I deleted the, the video because I was so pissed. But coming out of four on the first lap, major checkup. Had no My spotter couldn't even queue up in time to let me know it was coming. And that was it. That's all she wrote. You know, I mean, there's not much you can do, man. Tough situation. You know, just move on. I'm sure um, you guys racing next week? Week after. Every week other after. Week. Where's the next one at? Atlanta. Hotlanta, the ATL, my friend. Yeah. Are you going to go to the Boom Boom Room with James Harden down there? They hate the Boom Boom Room. <laughs> <laughs> the Boom Boom Room with Harden. Hey, I got to ask you. We haven't talked, and then I know it's off subject. Yeah. Are the Celtics making enough run to be a contender? Um, The Celtics are playing exceptional D. Um, I really think getting Williams back has helped them a lot. Yeah. Uh, adding Derek White it has helped the ball movement. It's not sticking him as much. He's, um, I call him a, a half second guy in a half second. He gets the ball. He is either going to shoot drive, or pass. It's not sticking as it does with like smart Tatum and Brown. But I really think the one thing that's going to hurt you guys when you get into the playoffs is I don't think you have enough size. Mm -mm. You know, you look at a team like Cleveland, they got Allen, Mobley, um, a team like the Bucks, Portis, Giannis, Lopez is coming back. Yeah. Um, you know, the Nets, the Net, you know, even like the Nets got they got Drummond. Drummond looked good in the one yeah. game I play against the Bucks, but um I just don't think that, yeah, even even someone like Drummond, you know, like, I don't 
I just don't feel like size wise, you guys have enough. I no, mean, I and think if, you're better than last year, but size wise, you're lagging. And if that's the case, that's one of those games where Tatum's going to have to drop 40 and someone's going to have to follow up behind him with 32. And that's not going to happen consistently enough in a five or seven game series. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, the and NBA, you know, we really didn't, I didn't have an NBA talk in this episode, but I mean, Jesus, dude, like you got Harden, you got, Harden and Embiid, you got you got your Celtics, you got the Bucks, yeah, you got the Nets, you got the Heat, uh, you got the Bulls. East is loaded, and it's, I will, I will say this: loaded. as a Celtics fan, seeing the East loaded for the last couple of years now feels really good because for a long time everything yeah. sat out West, yeah, and you had maybe one or two hot teams that would even make it to the finals in the East, but the East was shit on for so many years because every team in the West was just rattling off wins. Yeah. Yeah. I I had to ask. Yeah. I mean, I, I like your boys. I think, I think they could be, because I'm not the biggest Harden and Embiid guys. I think they can beat those guys in the series. I don't think they could beat the Bucks in the series. And I don't think they can beat the Nets in the series. Okay. So, but, uh, Brandon, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your Friday. Why don't you tell everyone your social media handles, um, and everything you have going on? Yeah. Boston boy, 83 on uh, Twitch, Boston boy, 83 on Instagram. Please give me a follow. We'd love to chat more with you guys. Any questions, reach out to him or myself. If any NASCAR picks that you're looking for, any DraftKings questions, I've told you, I'm hoping to get better at it. I'd like to start releasing a DraftKings lineup uh, on a weekly basis and uh, see if we can start cashing some more tickets. Yeah, once um, I think once NBA starts o- is over, not NBA. Um, Jesus Christ, I'm bad at myself. I'm sorry. Uh, college basketball. Once March Madness is over, we'll start maybe doing some stuff on the weekends because it's different than last year. That they have qualifying and that can change stuff a little bit. Yeah. But I will say this. At the clash, we gave out Suarez. We gave him out 100 to 1. Yeah. He got all the way down to like, what, 15, 20 to 1? Yeah. So it's one of those things when you're betting beforehand. Like, if you think someone's going to qualify good or have a good run, like I think Byron will, I want to lock that one in right away. Make make your make your thought bets now. Yeah. And lock them in while they're odds. Because if Eric Almarola qualifies ninth, that 71, 70 to 1 will be 19 to 1 before the race even starts. That's what's in sync. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Come on, buddy. <laughs> I, I, I know I, I, I know you got a Timberlake poster somewhere in there, dude. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll start maybe we'll start trying to figure out a schedule with us where we can put out some DraftKings content. But uh, Brandon, why don't you tell again? I'm sorry. We you know, went on a instinct tangent why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on uh on social media boston boy 83 instagram and uh twitch all right brandon thanks for stopping by and uh you know we'll be here every week we'll go live and then we'll record it also be on our podcast every single week thanks for stopping by let's cash some tickets and uh you know i'll talk to you next week man sounds good good luck everybody so that's it for the show today, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'd like to thank James for coming on, talking a little Packers football. I'd like to thank Bully, a.k.a. Jason, coming on, giving you the bets to lock in for the UFC card this weekend. 
and my ride or die, Brandon, for coming on and tell you the NASCAR bets. You know, him and I have been hot. We're looking to continue it. Catch me tomorrow morning on Cutting Nets on BTV. I also be there Saturday, Sunday morning for a little NBA talk. Kyle, Gino, and I, we're still trying to figure out a name to the show, so you have an idea. Hit me up. Let me know. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Let's make some money. Until next week, my friends.